Ladies and gentlemen, welcome again. Episode 2 of the podcast, 1990 What? I am your host, Michael Kruzleski, and this is my other host, Adam Jones. Adam. How's it going, Mike? Yes. Everything is cool. Uh, let me tell you, it was hot today. Oh, man, it's been so hot. It's bullshit heat. It doesn't make sense, and it's not fair. No, it isn't. Um, the summertime isn't fair. A lot of you think it is fair. There's probably some younger people listening right now. Uh, probably not, actually. But if you <laughs> are, you probably think that summertime is fun and you don't have school, you're having a good time. Um, uh, you know, try and hold on to that for as long as you can. Yes, when you grow up, summertime, as a wise man has told me, is no longer for you. No, it isn't. Uh, you think your parents are happy. They're not. Uh, they're miserable. You will one day be that way too. Relish what you have now. Um, uh, don't pay too much for college. It, you know, more or less a ripoff. Well, I mean, for some people, it might be a good thing. I ah, there I am with that damn clicking, folks. I'm sorry. I probably I, you know I, you probably asked yourselves. I don't know why Mike has to click in my in my damn ear every single time. If he would stop doing that kind of shit, I might enjoy this show. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to try and make that a habit to not do that anymore. I have very large lips, a lot of saliva. I can't sleep on my stomach because of the amount of drool uh, that that uh, that happens in the night. But it's the most comfortable way for me to begin sleep. But I understand that health-wise, it might be better for me to get on my back. Is that true? You uh, you can't sleep on your stomach because you I drool a lot? Um, I can, but I will drool a lot. And I'll wake up. It'll be gross. Uh I sleep next to a, a beautiful woman, and and I'm I'm always insecure about maybe her getting up to have to pee and seeing Lake Michigan <laughs> by my bullshit mouth. Well, uh, I'm sure she could look past it. You're you're a pretty swell guy, and I think she realizes that. Thank you. Um. Well, uh, let's. Uh, how, how did we meet, Adam? How did we meet? Um. We we met at a. Uh, uh, Were you about to get in? Did I just interrupt you? Was, no, no, it's all good. <laughs> you, your your band, The Tears, you you played bass for. I, and, yeah, um, I remember that. I was introduced to you by uh, my my friend Andrew, who was the the uh, guitarist and uh, singer for that band. He was. Um, we was. were we were friends in high school, and uh, he he got me to come to one of his shows, and and I met you there. We were happy that you came, Andrew told me that he had a friend coming and i said oh cool because it was like our third gig maybe Mm -hmm. and that was i mean i was still really nervous about playing andrew always told me to get more into it move around i really didn't want to right right and and you know what he didn't he didn't move much either he didn't well um i mean i kind of remember him being brand pretty energetic on stage and stuff but uh oh i, I mean, wasn't he wasn't like he wasn't like a madman you know he wasn't iggy pop or anything fortunately ah uh, man maybe i did just stand around a lot and not do anything that probably wasn't uh, very interesting but i was in high school so whatever. so um is there anything specific you remember about that time we met at well this that, is the reason why show? i hated you at first because i hated you I didn't like you at all. Like, Let's make that clear. Hate, Ladies and like gentlemen, actual hatred? Adam was a guy I didn't like. When I saw him, oh 
I didn't like him. Now, now You're that was my heart. now that was not my first impression upon seeing him physically, his face and his body and the way he walked. And anything to me he was a normal guy at that point. But here's the problem: Andrew, Adam, and I went into the bathroom together because we had a tub of hair gel. We were going to put it in my hair and make Liberty Spikes. Now, Andrew and I had already done this at the rehearsal earlier in the week, and it worked out very well. I was pretty damn proud of that shit. Okay. Anyway, there we are in the bathroom. Disgusting bathroom. Somewhere oh, yeah, in Denton, yeah. I Texas. I remember it being pretty bad. It was nasty. And, and the nastiness is important for a later part of the story. Well, we open up the tub and we start putting a little bit into it. Andrew then says subtly, I think we need, need a little bit more. And Adam takes his whole damn hand. Just trying to help. Scoops up the entire thing of the tub of gel, slams it into my head. It, it It's falling as if a thousand eggs were put into my head, dripping oh. down the side of my face. Andrew and I, we don't make a sound. Adam must have thought it was funny. It wasn't funny. <laughs> it made me so mad because I'm nervous. I'm nervous about the show. Uh, I'm being you told, you don't face, move around. You gotta I gotta, around I have to, I, I'm supposed to dance around. We, we had a song called um, Punk's Not Dead where I had the backing vocal part or like the shouts i didn't want to oh, do yeah, it yeah. i was really nervous about that so adam cakes my head in gel it's ruined uh we can't do liberty well, spikes y- it was ruined did you did you did you look good no i looked terrible my mother told me michael you looked like shit and you guys were too loud oh. that's what she said to oh me after gosh, the show that, and she was harsh. right so what what we did and here's the thing this is how adam tried to save the situation he got the rug that was on the ground uh, of the bathroom well you Just got the no. You got the rug, you. and you tried to dry it off. We and need, I, we needed something to dry it off with. No, we got a rug that a bunch of, uh, I don't skater know, skater punks, bunch of skaters. It was on a place called Fry Street. Well, uh, um, the only punk in rock my defense, uh, defense. I, I thought you know if you if you're trying to make Liberty Spice with hair gel, you're gonna need a lot of hair gel, and so I gave you a lot of hair gel. And it ran all over you, and uh, <laughs> it did not ever. It did not look good. No, it looked terrible. Do you, do you, do you still hate me? No, no, I I don't hate you. I thought um. I thought. It it, I, it kind of feels like you hold this event against me. And no, it's been, uh, well, well, that's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Adam, you you don't know this because you you're not around and you weren't around. Uh, but Adam, you know, he, 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 he would do what he did and not really worry about anything. And, and, right, right. you know, I think a few no days regrets. later I started thinking, ah, Adam's a really nice guy. I think I don't rem- really remember the next time I met you or hung out, but yeah, you, you were you're a mixture of your mom and, and, and the very warmth <laughs> of your, of your uh, childhood household, uh, the vibe of it was intoxicating, and I thought that's cool. There's a lot of bread here for me to eat. Uh, Adam, Adam enjoys good music. Uh, you were very welcoming, and I believe that you just spoke to me as if uh, we already knew each other because we had so many of the same friends. Yeah, I was, really liked that. that and nice. and you were the only guy that I, I, I after a while I was like I, I like this guy. The other the other ones are uh, they're they're a bunch of bullshit. Well, but Adam, uh, upon uh, you know after that first meeting where I uh, doused you in hair gel yeah. and uh, saturated your, I did. I think my mother was embarrassed for me. I, I think that's probably where her uh, harsh words came from. Was deep, 
deep embarrassment. She said she could see <laughs> through my stupid shirt. Oh, and yeah, because you were wearing like a white shirt. I was wearing a like white rancid t-shirt. Yep, yep, yep. And it ran down. You could see well, through it. I, I I probably had teenage nipples. I'll take this opportunity to... You probably had nipples, you say? I did say that. Are we not allowed <laughs> to say? Well, I'm just... Is, are you not sure you had nipples? Oh no, no, I did. Oh, okay. I did. They they were visible from. Oh, you from mean the showing? Okay, yeah, I yeah. Get, you I could get. see them. Well, yeah, I with uh, my shirt I, on. I'm. I don't think I came away from that feeling bad, um, but I didn't know that they had embarrassed you or anything like that. And you know, it's uh, there. I am, dude. That's three clicks. I'm sorry. I'm listening to you, but I'm also trying to censor my bullshit clicking. Yeah, yeah. Stop that sorry. clicking. We can't. I'm sorry. You know, you know, people. There, I get it all out. Anyhow, so that's the story of how Mike and I met. Um, eventually, we became friends. He uh, got over his um, distaste for me and my uh, carefree, gel-slopping ways. But uh, Do you want to know another story, too, about you coming to our shows uh, with me and Andrew? Okay. Uh, well, the, the cool thing was, Adam, um, you, you started just coming and helping out. Like yeah, you, yeah. You, I would you come became, and take pictures. I I was in photography in high school, and uh, yeah. Yeah. So Adam was always Adam kind of was always there, and um, just a great guy. I mean, he turned into a really cool guy, really funny guy. We became friends from that. There was another story that we were uh, we went to. We were playing a, a gig at a skate shop called Eisenberg's in Plano. Oh yes, I went to. I think I went to several of your shows at, yeah. at Eisenberg's. And. Andrew walked in. We all walked in. We were signing in. You know, oh hey, we're the band. We're gonna play. And Andrew had this uh, jacket that he made. There was a bunch of patches all over it. You right, know, right, right. punk rock bullshit. And uh, there's a upside down American flag, which was a very common thing among you know punk rock paraphernalia. You know, you would yes. buy you'd oh, buy the studs, especially in that era, right? Yeah, you know, th- th- something you see often uh, for no reason. You know, most people are. Uh, you know, rebelling, but they don't know what the hell they're doing. It's, it's all about being a kid. Um, so Andrew has this thing on, and and the uh, I guess the manager of the skate shop looks at it and and is like, "What's up with that?" And and <laughs> Andrew said, "He said uh, I don't really like this country." <laughs> and he kind of <laughs> he kind of mumbled, it. Um, you know, which you know to his credit. I, well, I said I, I don't I don't know what his problem was at the time. I guess like the lunch lady didn't give him what he wanted or something. I, mm-hmm. I have no idea what his problem possibly could have been. Um, but and then here's and then so you wouldn't expect it to escalate past that point, but it right. totally did. Everybody, oh, there were like other people that were working there that were giving him shit about it. And then there was a <laughs> cop that said. He came up to us, or came up to Andrew and said, I get off in about 20 minutes, and, you know, once I'm off duty, I'm not going to be able to really do anything about anybody that has a problem with that. So he basically was like, oh, I'm not going to protect you. Um, Which, that was pretty intimidating. Yeah, that's not great. That's not that great. But it was just, the whole thing was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Uh, but that's another. Adam was there for that. That was the uh, really no. That was the scene back in those yeah. days. There was know. no point to any of that shit that I just said. I'm sure it's appreciated by the listener. Um, let's go ahead and talk about today's topic. Topics. Um, as we did last week, we're going to be going through a uh, a Billboard chart from the 1990s. Um, 1990 what you might ask? 
90 what? 1994. We're going to look at the uh, alternative songs chart from this date in 1994. A lot of things going on this in this chart year. This came out in July 20 on July 23rd, 1994. 23rd coming up. Yeah, and uh that that was my my younger brother's fourth birthday. Shout out to Jake. Um Shout so out to Jake. And, and get it started. Um, this was number 30 on the Alternative Songs chart. I have no idea July what 23rd. is about to happen. Oh, man. <laughs> now, what a way to start. This song was debuting on the chart this week. Debut. Of course, debuting low, but I bet you're going to see it higher in the future. Right now, you're hearing uh, the voices of Matt Sharp, Weezer bassist, and Carl Koch, the uh, longtime stage manager of the band. I did not know that, Adam. One of the best records to just listen to. I mean, straight through. Oh man, I love this. Here, here it comes, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Ah. Okay, so we have at number thirty, Weezer with "Undone the Sweater Song." Um, I, I don't even your, know where to begin. What are your memories of this song, Mike? I I I don't I don't know where to begin with this. It's just you 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 hear this stuff on the radio. Yeah. So, man, it's just it's easy. It's easy to listen to. Incredibly enjoyable. Amazing songwriting. The production is fantastic. Ten songs on this record, and I don't I don't know of a real dull moment. And this is one of the highlights for sure. You know, people try and avoid the hits and the singles, but come on, man, this song. If I hear this, you hear this on the radio, I don't change it. I love this song. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. love to introduce it. Turn it's it so up. hard to introduce people to Weezer that have never heard. So many people have, but it's so great to find someone that's never listened to this song or this album or this band at all and uh, introduce them to such, such a great piece of work. So this album went... Uh, Four times platinum, which means it sold over four million copies. Um, it was produced by Rico Kasich of the Cars, who uh, who knew something about having a big selling debut album because that that first Cars record was a monster. Also, um, yeah, I I could talk for way too long about Weezer, um, so don't let me go too long here. Yeah, I I feel like if you no, this 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 very well. This song could take up the whole show. The um, I, I love this band. They're the great. band for the video insisted that they not have anything to do with sweaters. They thought that'd be too cliche and jokey. Isn't it just um, a blue background? Yeah. So it's a steady cam single shot of the band performing in just a uh, blue room. Um, Rivers has that dead stare. He he's yeah. not moving, but his eyes are moving. I think. And uh, then a bunch of dogs run at the end just <laughs> randomly. And uh, 
But yeah, they they recorded it um, sped up. They re- you know they uh, they were playing to a sped up track so that they could uh, show it in slow motion. And um, you know they had a they had a hard time filming it. It took them like fifteen to twenty takes to get it right. Wow. Um, this spent eighteen weeks on the chart. Peaked at number six on this chart at least. Wow. Um, and Rivers Cuomo has said, uh, Rivers being the uh, guitarist, singer, songwriter, that undone is the feeling you get when the train stops and the little guy comes knocking on your door. It's supposed to be a sad song, but everyone thinks it's hilarious. I don't understand that logic uh, that he just said. Rivers, um, hey, what you just said. Well, he's an enigmatic fellow. Um, you know, uh, uh, Rivers, don't be. Stop trying to be poetic. That, to, that's stupid. That just, just. Out. Stop it! Stop it, Rivers. Um, if you if you could stop this uh, song just for a second, Adam, I would like to also get into the massive hatred I have for a lot of their later albums. Weezer, for a good ten years, was putting out nothing but morning microwaved dog shit for Ouch. quite a while. Okay. They well, recently started putting out. Well, they did. Uh, they were trying too hard, and I think they realized their absolute embarrassing failure because their their last few records uh, have been great. Yes, um, they have. I'm I'm a big fan of their their yeah. last few records. Um, but you know, yeah, Weezer's mm. one of my favorite bands. I mean, I could I could go on and on about them, and I have. And uh, yeah. let's go ahead and do that. Uh, another thing, no. no. <laughs> we have someone leaving the studio right now. A very special person whose birthday is. Monday. Monday. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jake Jones leaving the building. You can't see him, but you can probably hear him because he's holding a bag of chips <laughs> and Chinese Bye, food. Jake. Got that orange chicken, and he did not ask for it to not be spicy, so no one wants to visit the bathroom after that. Ooh. Okay, well, um, any final thoughts on uh, Undone, the sweater song? I love that song. I love that record. Really love that band, except for the bullshit during the 2000s you ought to be ashamed of yourselves i'm not going to use uh this time to uh defend it but um i'll just let it stand for now yep all right next up we have far behind by candlebox This spent 19 weeks on this chart, keeping it number seven. You know, I, I don't hate it that much. Do you know what this song's about, Mike? I don't. What, what is it about? Well, um, Kevin Martin... Frontman for Candlebox has said that it uh, was inspired by two friends who he lost who overdosed on heroin. Oh man, that's sad. One of these friends was Andy Wood, the singer for Mother Love Bone. Oh yeah, yeah, Andrew Wood, Andy Wood, Andrew Wood. Jeff Ament and Stone Gossard of Pearl Jam were both in Mother Love Bone. Yeah, not a fan of them, but cool. Is um is Candlebox a one-hit wonder, Mike? I think they had. I mean, this was definitely their biggest hit, but they had a couple of 
other hits too, but I mean, I, I don't think anything is as big as this song. Yeah, I, mean, I, I definitely cannot name another uh, Candlebot song off the top of my head. You know, but I gotta give him credit, because this song still gets played on the radio. I mean, it still does. It's held up. It, you know, and it's it's fine. I don't hate it. I'm not a huge fan, but it's not the worst. I do recall a really shitty rock song on the on our first episode that, I mean, still makes me angry. I can't remember. It was the one that was just, it was just crap and regular. This song is a lot better than that shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, this is a, it's got a hook, and I, I think it holds up for sure. You know, it stays in your head. It does. You know, it, now if you hate it out there, you're probably lying to yourself. You probably actually kind of like it. So all of you that are out there that hate it, you're liars. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting about this song was that the album was released... A year before, July of 1993, and uh, this song wasn't released until a year later as a single, and then the album starts charting after this uh, after the single hits the airwaves. Huh. So, um, that is Candlebox with Far Behind, number 28 on the chart. Yeah, I mean, it, Okay. Next, we, uh, we're going to have a Not kind bad. of stylistic change here. And we're going to hear MC 900 Foot Jesus with If I Only Had a Brain. A little bit of hip hop and rap. Suppose I accidentally got my shit together. Would I get a medal or a pat on the back and a little feather I could stick in my cap or pin to my shirt? Go out in the yard and poke it in the dirt. I like it. <laughs> this is like early rap before rap was dangerous and edgy. Was it? Oh, are you, oh no, because the DWA came out a little bit before. Maybe this yeah, was just no, that's a, probably true. Maybe this was just a, like a flash of something. Well, this was. Uh, I, I, I don't know. You know what? I don't mind it. I don't mind it. If I only had a brain. MC 900 Foot Jesus was uh, Mark Griffin. This dude literally ended up working at a Borders bookstore. This was his last album from the uh, June 94 album, One Step Ahead of the Spider. Works at a Borders bookstore? Uh, yeah, uh, or at least he did before Borders went bye-bye. Oh, I love Borders. Well, I hope he's working at a half-price bookstore at least. So um, the, the, the name, MC 900 Foot Jesus, um, he got it from a sermon in which a televangelist claimed that he received a vision of a 900 foot tall Jesus who commanded him to build a hospital. Now, you know what you should have done? Saved your money. Seven weeks on the charts, peaking at number 25. All right. I, I think that's enough of... Yeah, uh, that's fine. Let's if I only yep. had a brain. This is Beck with Beer Can from the album Mellow Gold. Mellow Gold. Yeah. Skip ahead a little bit here. And they were singing like this. This album, Mellow Gold, went two times platinum. This album's alright. I mean, I like the song. Oh gosh, I can't believe I. What, Loser? No, the, um. Oh. Where it's at? Lo- loser. Loser. 
Oh, you you. Oh, for some reason, I thought you just said Weezer. Oh no no, the song Loser. No, yeah, I, I I did like that song, but I remember listening to this. Uh, I bought the CD and I listened to it, and I did not like anything else. And I can't say that I even like this. I don't like it. Odelay yeah, uh, one of his later records. I think it was the one right after this. Odelay. I love that album. Love that. But this shit is just. I mean, this is about as bad as a rotten egg stuck in my ear. That's a... Uh, I don't like it at all. You know, it's a collection of noises. Yeah, it sounds like a stupid speak and say uh, next to a drowning dog and an angry cat. Beck, I- yeah. I'm glad you got better, but at first, you sucked. Okay, well, let's go... Uh, the Pretenders had a 94 album that got uh, spun off a few hits, so... Huh. This song is called Night in My Veins. I'm sure it's better after the back bullshit. I do like this stuff. I like it. I like the Thirteen weeks on the charts, peaking at number two. Peaking at number two. This, yeah, I like it. Uh, Chrissy Hine, the uh, Pretenders vocalist. Uh, I mean, she's basically she's the Pretenders. Um, that's that's what I there's heard. There's no Pretenders yeah, without her. I, I uh, that is what I heard. She's kind of like if uh, if Joan Jett could sing like Ann Wilson from Heart. That is a very good comparison. I agree with it. I like it. So for this song, Chrissy uh, thought that they needed a big hit, so she enlisted some big-time songwriters, and Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly. They wrote like the they wrote the hit "True Colors" for Cindy Lauper, oh. and "Eternal Flame" for the Bengals. And um, they had a really big success with this album on uh, "I'll Stand by You." Oh. I remember seeing the music video for that back back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I remember that song. I like that song. I like it. So um, uh, a look at the lyrics to this song uh, seems to be about doing it in a public place late at night. That's a risky thing to do. Oh, late at night? Oh, that's not that risky. <laughs> There's nobody out. you got to do it in the middle of the day. So um, um, lunch hour is really when you want to take someone out for some slamming. <laughs> see if hey, if anyone sees us. Mm. Well, this song could be a sequel to the next song on the list here. In that case, oh, I love this song and I love Show Crow. Yes, this is her breakthrough hit. Went number one on a lot of charts. Oh man, I love this. Out of nowhere. This song, All I Want to Do by Cheryl Crow, is from the two time platinum Tuesday Night Music Club album. Of the world I want 
cars. I love that. On their lunch break, man, I have to go wash my car on my lunch break, you son of a bitch. So there's a, there's some pretty interesting backstory to this song. I've heard a lot of interesting backstory about Cheryl Crow. She was a songwriter before she went out on her own. She was such a great songwriter. And some famous producer or someone told, asked her, why don't you put out your own record? Why don't you be your own artist? And then she finally did. But what were you going to say? Well, this um, the title of the album, Tuesday Night Music Club, uh, that, that was kind of a real thing. She got together with, uh, with other musicians, and uh, they kind of workshopped this album together. Um, the group existed kind of as a casual thing before she joined it, but once she showed up, they kind of got serious about helping her write this album. They had this song written, uh, the, the music of this song written without lyrics and couldn't get it right. Her producer um, finds this, this book by some obscure poet named Wayne Cooper, and um, they used this poem he wrote called Fun and uh, pretty much made him rich. I didn't know that. That's cool. There were only like 500 copies of this book originally, and now it's been in several reprints because it's uh, gained popularity due to this song. Well, good for that guy. Does this song, do you see any musical similarity to Steeler's Wheel Stuck in the Middle? Oh, Stuck in the Middle. Yeah, a little bit. I like that song, too. I don't really care when things sound the same. It's like, oh, great, oh, yeah, now yeah. I get another song that I will like. Put them both on the same playlist, right? Absolutely. Put it, put it one after the other. And don't sue each other, you sons of bitches. That's rude. I mean, get out of the courts. Sons of bitches. All right. Major hit there for Cheryl Huge Crow. hit. Love that song. All right, Cheryl. Home run for Cheryl. Beck. Next we Get have better. some Counting Crows. Oh, sorry. I was it's okay. No, I was, I was shitting on Beck a little bit. It's fine. Go for it, man. Counting Crows, Einstein on the Beach, parentheses, for an Eggman. You know the song, Mike? Uh, no, actually. I don't recall this song at all. Um, if you want to feel good, if you want to be in a good mood, put it on. I really like this song, and I'm a pretty big Counting Crows fan. Um, so this was a home recording. Really? Yeah. It um, it became a it became a big hit on this chart too. Um, David Geffen, the uh, the label that the Counting Crows were on. Had asked them for a you know a deep cut to put on a, a a rarities album that they were trying to come out with, and um, 
it had a lot it had a lot of great tracks i don't like jamie by weezer and a, a song by beck called bogus flow pay to play by nirvana oh man pay to play um and yeah i don't know i bought this at a half price books it has like a little toy boxer on the front cover and uh, mm-hmm. just a bunch of bands i love so um but they the, Adam Duritz of the Counting Crows says it was recorded around 91 when the band was just starting out. They dusted it off when um, when Geffen came looking for uh, something rare for this release. Counting Crows, Einstein on the Beach for an Eggman. That's cool, and that's a cool story. I like that. Yeah, I've always really liked this one. We have the Gin Blossoms. Gin Blossoms. Until I Fall Away. Never heard this. Never heard this. Peaked at number 13. It's at an- number 22 an- this an- another, week. Another feel-good band, too. This is another one. The uh, the album was released almost a year prior to this in August of '93, but there were uh, there were six singles from this album. So, oh, is this the one with like "Found Out About You" and Yeah, I think so. Oh man, yeah. those songs are great. The this album was okay. called "New Miserable Joy." You know, it's easy. Easy. It's easy. Is it too easy though? Is it a little? It's a little too easy, honestly. Uh, It's be good on like a going to sleep mix. You know, yeah. But you know what? It's just so. I, I. It's like I can't. I can't dog it. You know, it's just like oh, that's okay, guys. It's all right. Uh, and honestly, they have better songs. So yeah, yeah they've got they've got some real great '90s. They've got hits. some really great songs. You're right. All right, so that is the Gin Blossom. Until I fall away. I like those backing vocals that come in right there. That's probably the only thing that's really made me be like, oh, cool. Have you ever heard of a band called James? Yes, I have. Uh, I've, uh, but I only have heard one song by them. I have a feeling that that's the one that you're about to play, if you are about to play. It says, Say Something by James. Your as tight as a 
know, this is not the song that I was thinking of. This is produced by Brian Eno of U2 fame. The September 93 album, Laid. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that song. It was okay. Not a fan of James. This guy's a crybaby. I don't like him. Oh, I like this chorus a lot. Uh, it sounds like a bunch of crying ninnies that are on an Easter egg hunt. And then a big tractor runs them over and everybody just applauds. I don't know. I, I, I wasn't really there until the uh, the chorus kicked in, but I'm starting to like this a lot. Adam, we, we don't agree on this. We are here at odds right now. Uh, I'm questioning you. I'm wondering about your mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting. I mean, that... You, you, liked, you liked that chorus? That chorus was about as bad as a Subway pizza. And that shit sucks. Subway makes pizza? Exactly. I gotta go get me one of those. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be disappointed. Because <laughs> it's bullshit. So that is Say Something by James. Ten weeks on the charts for that one. Peaking at number ten. Peaking at number ten? More like peaking at number balls. Mike, you've, you've made your point. It's time to I don't stop. think I have. All right, fine. Okay. Next, next song, James. Sabotage. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I was yawning a second ago. The very sound of this intro. Oh, my gosh. I want to destroy someone. What can you tell us about this song, Mike? I want to go get a speeding ticket. I want to rob a bank. I want to uh, rob a liquor store and then party with a guy who's working there on duty and tell him, dude, just quit. Just quit. Come hang. Just quit this job. You don't need it. Uh, Beastie Boys are incredible. I mean, we can't not talk about the music video like with the whole like this is from the January 94 album Ill Communication Jeez. spent six weeks on this chart peaked at number 18 love it this song is famous for its music video do you remember the video the video yeah like the 1970s cops yep and the old school cops and the, the Herding, mustaches. Cop and shows like Hawaii Five-0 yeah. and Starsky and Hutch. The, Nominated um, for a video of the year at the BMAs. Oh, and... Oh, man, who was it that uh, did the... Oh, yeah, coming back in. Listen to the... Listen to that. Spike Jones. Spike Jones did the video, I think. That's right. He also had done Undone, the Weezer song Spike we talked Jones. about earlier. Spike 
Yeah, if you wanted a quality video in the 90s, you talked to Spike Jones. Ah, uh, absolutely. He, he did, uh, he also did that video for some, it was a song called Southern California, and the whole video was this guy that was running down the street in fire. So they did it in super slow motion, so the entire video was just this guy. And then at the end, it's this little girl sitting in the back of a station wagon. So she would just been like staring at him. I'll have to look that up. I don't think oh, I've seen it. Oh, it's great. The song is really cool, too. Yes, dude. PC Boys. Did we just listen to that whole thing? Yeah, we heard that whole song. Oh, man. That's great. Fantastic. This is Tori Amos with Cornflake Girl. Tori Amos. From the double platinum album, Under the Paint. I gotta say, I really like this song. I like, I'm liking this a lot. I've never heard it, but I really enjoy it. Yeah, that's groovy. I love that. That was cool. I love that. I like how she does like falsetto on that chorus. Yeah. I like that a lot. So um, the song is called Cornflake Girl. Do you have any idea what that means? Um, I think a, probably a girl that might have accidentally spilled some glue decided to roll in a bunch of cereal, and mm. her mother thought, oh, wow, that's cute. No, you're you're uh, pretty far off, actually. Oh, shit. Well, what is it? Well, uh, a cornflake girl is a girl who would, like, uh, stab other girls in the back <laughs> despite being close friends with them. <laughs> Dude, so you weren't were even the same universe. What a but, I mean, it was, it was a good guess. I was trying to think of something nice. So the video for this song is based on Wizard of Oz, but Dorothy goes to hell instead of going to Oz. That's where she deserves to be. Sounds kind of dark. For cornflake and a bunch of bitches in the back. So yeah, that is a Cornflake Girl by Tori Amos. That's great. So one interesting thing about this song, um, there's a, um, a, a song from the... Tom Petty album Wildflowers that wasn't released as part of the album. Uh, but it has like the exact same intro as this song. And uh, I'm wondering if, if it wasn't released because um, because this th- this song came out in 94 and that album came out in 94. I wonder if uh, they heard this and decided not to put it on there. Because um, oh, like I, don't I said, know. it has the exact same intro. I don't know. Let's hear the intro for this real quick. Okay, that that one's Tori Amos. This is Tom Petty. Wow, that is that jangly intro is just like exactly the same, but then 
you know, it gets different after that. I do like the effect. I think it's, it sounds great, but yeah, it's extremely similar. So yeah, this song wasn't ever released until 2015. Anyway, that is uh, not part of this chart. We've got a we've got a big one coming up next. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. These guys changed. They changed it, man. One of my favorite records of all time. A perfect record. Perfect record. Sing along, everyone. I'm getting goosebumps. Damn it, I'm getting goosebumps. Here we go. Here we go. What about those drums? Here we go. Guitar. Bass. Drums. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Amazing band. Amazing record. Dude, I am so excited. beginning of pop punk. I am so excited hearing this. This this is really the pinnacle of that genre. I wouldn't say it was the beginning, but it, I mean. Dookie. Perfect record. It's a diamond selling album. Man. You know what diamond means? 10 million records. 10 million sold. This song, 23 weeks on the chart. Peaking at number one. At number one, absolutely. Five weeks at number one. Oh my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how you feel about Green Day, but I absolutely love this band. But what I said about Weezer. Let's just talk about Dookie. Okay. All right. You're fair. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Dookie, perfect record. I mean, immediately kicks off with Burnout and eventually gets to this song, goes into songs like She, and goes... Oh, man, just the absolute... You know what? Uh, Okay. Uh, uh, I I cannot contain... I cannot contain my dadgum excitement right now. What this sounds like, ladies and gentlemen, if you grew up in the 90s, it was a great time, but also there's that... There's that you know, melodramatic feeling of being stuck in suburbia, having having an easy life, but at the same time not really feeling like you were living. And this record, Green Day, this, this, is, this is that feeling. This is this explosion. It gave, it gave all of us kids something to grab onto. Yes, exactly right. Billy Joel, you are our answer. The song, listen to that. Do you guys listen to but, the, but, the, but here's the thing, here's the kicker. It's not just for the youth, it's for everyone. I'm just, I'm still amazed by the power of the drums and the harmonies. And Incredible. Everything is perfect. It's perfect. The punchiness of that Mike Durant bass guitar. Ah, Mike Durant, incredible bass player. The way he dances so melodically. Uh, Trey Cool, absolute powerhouse. This band, perfect record. Oh, Dookie, oh. Love that record. We played all two minutes and fifty three seconds of that. That's ex- that's the thing. Perfection. We're gonna is have so to keep short. talking about it. Let's just yeah. What do you remember about the video for this song? I remember the the almost neon look of everything. Right. That's what it's I like actually remember. So all the colors are so vivid. So They're vivid. Like and saturated. W- the reason why I think that is is because this is absolutely a total guess. I could be completely wrong, but uh, the song is really about, uh, I, I think it's about a Billy Joel's struggle with anxiety and uh, his 
you word know, for it, word that's what it what oh, it says okay here. yeah he you know he would have like uh, i think even the song when i come around is about um i think he wrote that when he was just had a panic attack one night and went walking around town and uh and personally uh i i i understand i know what that feels like I've, I've had them before i feel like i've struggled with anxiety myself and it was actually really wonderful to read about the stories of Billy Joe Armstrong going through that now. Now, the thing about anxiety is it's a terrible thing. You really wouldn't want to wish. I'd, I've never have thought about wishing uh, my struggles with that on anyone, any, any my worst enemy. But at the same time, there is a comfort in realizing that, uh, you know, other people go through with it. And Billy Joe uh, Armstrong has been lucky enough to put that out into the world. And I think that anybody that can relate to that feeling... Uh, is in a way, in a sense, uh, experience moments of healing uh, when you, when you listen to that song and when you listen to people talk about that kind of thing, and uh, I think it's great because Green Day's music is so much fun. That's such a fun record to listen to, you right? Know? And, and it's so special that you can absolutely. This, this is a, so special that you can kind of come to terms with. You know your, you know f- f- your problems if you have some. While at the same time enjoying it, it's kind of like putting it to bed with a smile. Uh, right. Yeah. Billy Joe has said that you know he he literally thought he was going crazy because it wasn't until years later that he was diagnosed with a panic disorder, and um, he said the only way I could know what the hell was going on was to write a song about it. And so writing these songs helped him cope with you know these these feelings of anxiety and panic when he thought he was like going insane. I, I did not take psychology in college because, um, that was one of, uh, that was when I was struggling with that the most personally. I didn't tell a single person about it because I also thought I had these terrible visions of, uh, being taken away in a jacket. Uh, sounds funny. And it is, it's hilarious right now, but at the time it really wasn't. I, I remember my first day, I remember walking down the hall to, uh, psychology class and I just didn't go in and I never went I never took the class because I was scared to death of you know reading something or being lectured about something and and realize and and feeling like I was going to come to a realization that I was crazy oh man I was scared to death of that did you well, know that no I, I did not know that yeah I, that's I don't true. think you would have come to the, I mean unless you were like uh, um What's the word hypochondriac or something? And I am a hypochondriac, totally am. Well, yeah, maybe that. But the problem, I mean, I, yeah, I started having panic attacks. I think when I was a very young kid, and then it stopped happening. It started happening again when I was around, I think, uh, nineteen or twenty, and it was really bad because a lot of our friends uh, had left, and I was kind of by myself, alone in suburbia, and um, freaking out every now and then. Now it didn't happen often, but when it did happen, it was absolutely debilitating. And I developed phobias that I knew were crazy. Mm. Uh, it was it was awful. So to read about Billy Joel going through that, I really feel for him. I, I wish no one would go through that. But it is nice to know that, you know, uh, it's going to be... I would tell anybody going through that, look, it, it's going to be okay. It really is going to be okay. It's all in your head. You are safe. You're, you're going to be fine. Uh, listen to Green Day. Uh, go outside and skate. Do some push-ups. Stay active. Don't stay still. Um... Well, again, you're, you're important. As with with Weezer and other bands we talked about before, now we could spend all night talking. We absolutely about Green could. Day. Yeah, we we we'll, let's let's move on before There's I get actually, too excited. Um, on this chart, we're by the way, people, we're we're splitting this up into two episodes. Um, 
because 94 was too big a year for a one episode. There's a lot to talk about. We want to get through everything and uh, not shortchange anybody. So we're going to do tracks 30 through 15 this week and do the rest of the chart next week. I so. agree. 94, too big a year for one. All right. There's so many. Dude, we could do like every month. 94 was such a great year. I'm I'm, I'm so pumped about a lot of the songs that we're, that we're hearing, especially the last one, of course. Yeah, we'll definitely be coming back to 94 as soon as we can. Um, next up, we have a song that I really absolutely don't care for. What number I, are I hate we on it. right we're, now? We're at number 17 right now. Oh, okay. We've got Nine Inch Nails with Closer. Oh, you don't like this song? No, no, I I hate this song. But where we're we gonna play it? Well, I understand that it's very vulgar, but this is actually the uh, the radio edit. Oh. But listen to that groove, though. Uh, I, I don't care for it. You don't care for the song? I really like this song. I love that. There's nails. nothing about this that I like. There really isn't. I mean, but just in the. Marching, somebody, somebody kicked your brother in the balls, so you're about to go cut their ears off, and then say, check it out, I'm Dumbo, and flap them in their face while they bleed. You don't think about that? No. <coughs> Are you sure it was edited? Because I... <laughs> well, yeah, it was. You just popped it. Oh, I did? Oh, there it is. Everybody knows it. Yes, this this song makes me feel bad about life, and I'm sorry. Just Adam, I'm so sorry to feel that way. Uh, I'm fine with it. Um, You know, I I mean, I I love this song. I, I, I think it's great. And this, dude, this record... I, I thought we might disagree about this one. The Downward Spot, this is a really good record. This, this album did go four times platinum. Yeah, it's great. Right? I love it. I love, I, I'm a huge Nine Shells fan. Nine Shells. Love Nine Shells. I'm sorry, Adam. I, I Twelve weeks on the charts. Like peaked at number 11, but um, has yet to win me over. That's okay. There we go. Clicking again, damn it. Just the, the whole aesthetic of this band and, like, you know, the... The depressing imagery and he's the, an angry guy Trent's an angry guy and he had I mean this is how he this is how he puts it out I, I've had about enough of this I, I can't really take well, much you know, more Adam, Adam is in control of the music so I guess we don't get to listen to that whole song yeah. I like it Adam doesn't like it that's okay because no. I like Adam I'm against it it's fine everything everything about it is something I dislike the 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 rhythm the lyrics especially uh just the the sounds i i abhor it greatly and i'm sorry to those of you who like it but um i'm not a i respect you. it adam if you want to shit on some I've, I've pooped on a lot of artists tonight <laughs> and if you want to dookie on trent's face i'm gonna let i'm not gonna clean it up i'm gonna leave it there right in his nose he's mm. gonna smell you for the rest of his life oh well i'm I'm sure he's a great guy. I know he's collaborated with a lot of musicians that I really, really do admire. I hear he's a pretty cool guy, yeah. Um, we're going to play two more songs here tonight, and they're both um, Pixies adjacent. 
We've got first really? the breeders with saints. Oh, the breeders. Yeah. You know this song, Mike? I don't, but but here's the thing about something like this. What I really appreciate about the 1990s, uh, why I think it's such a spectacular decade for music, because, okay, do you hear how the, the vocalization on this song is kind of sloppy and everywhere? Oh, yeah. And we've heard yeah. a lot of songs that are like that, that are the production value is considered really lo-fi and, and this is right like the the song closer by nine channels it was really high production quality everything was very on automated and quantized and on rhythm I, I will give it that yeah and then you take a song like this that's very raw the female vocals are just kind of all over the place but it's wonderful it's wonderful that diversity is what makes the 90s so great and I love this. I this is from the platinum album Last Splash, which had the hit Cannonball. Cannonball, love that song. So Kim Deal was the bassist for the Pixies in their heyday, and uh, when she left the Pixies, started a band called the Breeders with her sister, Kim and Kelly Deal. Yeah, I like it. Part of the uh, the Pixies sound. Uh, Kim plays a um, a seagull acoustic, usually with a lot of distortion on yeah, it. Yeah, that's a cool and, uh, thing. I yeah, like my, my first acoustic was a seagull. I still have it. It's beat up, but it's beautiful, and uh, it has just the greatest sound. I remember that guitar. Alice is her name, correct? Alice. She's, she's my first love. And what is the airline company that put that crack in her? Oh, oh. it was Delta. Delta. Hey, Delta. Yeah. Shit on your face, Delta. Hey, Delta, I've had the cookies that you serve. They're crap. You shove them up your ass, Delta. Stop breaking people's equipment. Yes, they uh, they put a crack in in the cedar top of my acoustic guitar, and I didn't discover it within 24 hours because I had to go to work right after I got home from the airport, and so they didn't fix it for me, but I had it repaired eventually, and the guitar survives to this day. Delta, you still suck, though. Next, we have Frank Black with Headache from the May 94 album Teenager of the Year. Uh-oh, got a cage match between Tim and Frank right now. And I don't know what to say. I really like them both. I honestly do. I like both. I like it. I really like it. I like Frank Black's voice. They're both so similar in their oddness. Yeah. And um, I really like the lyrics of this song. He says, he's singing about having a headache. He says his heart's crammed in his cranium and it still knows how to pound. Son of a bitch, Frank. Yeah, these songs, these songs entered this chart at the same time, and they're here next to each other now. They were uh, on the charts for three weeks at this point. And which one went higher? 
Which one, Adam? Uh, I, I actually do not have that information. Oh, you don't have that information? Oh, you don't have it, do you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll just assume that it was Frank. He was hired here. Maybe he stayed that way. Um, I don't know, because la- if, if, if that other one was on Last Splash, that was a big record. That was. I think, it, I mean, it, it went higher than anything Frank Black that ever definitely, did. Yeah, that definitely, yeah, that was a platinum record. I don't think this one... No, Frank, Frank didn't. I don't even. think he put out anything that was really heavily recognized on MTV in the mid-'90s. The album art of this is kind of hilarious. It's got Frank uh, with a crown on his head, clutching a bouquet of roses. The album title is Teenager of the Year, and he definitely does not look like a teenager. Yeah, that dude's been fat and lumpy for his whole musical career. So that is no offense, Frank, 30 but, I mean, you are. 15 of the... Uh, the alt chart for this week and that was an absolutely wonderful chart i loved that i really enjoyed uh, this group of songs 24 years ago this week these songs were playing on the radio on the alt stations i would I don't like to hear the radio in those days mike me too um you know and i can't i think even pandora you know things like that when when you when you put, maybe they should have a station for this particular, you know, billboard set. Was this the alternative? Yeah, the alternative songs chart. Well, see, what I like about this is, is we are getting a bit of diversity. I mean, a lot of it is rock, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, you had MC 900 Foot Jesus in there. MC 900 Foot Tori Amos. Jesus, Tori Amos. I loved that song. That was great. I'd never heard that before. That was that's something I, I'm going to revisit on my free time, on my own. And um, so, a couple things that uh, I'd like to mention here: um, we can now be found wherever you listen to podcasts. Pretty much, we are on uh, Google, Google, Spotify, Apple, Spotify, Apple, um, Stitcher. That's great. So um, good news. Tell good your friends. Um, we Send them this way. We'd love to have their their stars and reviews and ratings and. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. Um, you can find us on Twitter at nineteen ninety what? That's at one nine nine w h a t. Can they? Yeah, we're oh, on Twitter, wow. Mike. Oh, cool! What's going on Twitter? So um, do do you say it like that, or you have to? Did it hear me? Do you talk to Twitter? I, well, I just tried. Um, I well, didn't. You, I'm not going to stop you, but oh. I don't think anything special. Will oh, that, oh, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. What were you saying about um, getting your mental health checked earlier? Oh, don't even see. <laughs> I don't want to worry about uh, my <laughs> <laughs> my issues. I haven't dealt with that in such a long time because of you know how how often do rich kids deal with that? I mean, we don't. <laughs> You know, our parents just give you a couple hundred dollars and tell you that you're fine, and then you just believe it. And send you on your merry little way. Absolutely. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to 1990-what? 1990-what? This week, 1994. It has been wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a pleasure to speak with you, discuss these songs. We like your opinions, but we really probably won't pay attention to them right now. At some point, we might ask you for what you think what you think we should talk about, but I'm afraid right now is not that time. But let me tell you, we cannot wait 
to get to that point. And I can't wait to hear what you have to say. If you hate us, that's fine. It's it's fine. If you think I have terrible opinions about Nine Inch Nails. It's fine. If you think that Adam is wrong and if you're sure that I am right, both of those things are fine. If you, like me, think Mike was wrong about that song by James, say something. You know, and if you agree that James is bullshit, if ja- you know, if, if if James is the name of the guy or if the name of the stupid, stupid band, then that's fine too. You can think that. Uh, James... I hope you drown in the Atlantic on your way to America. We don't want you here anymore. Are they not American? I have no idea. They sounded British and ninny as hell. (laughs) Well, once again, everybody, thank you for listening to 1990 What. We are going to continue to talk about 90s music, whether you listen or not. Absolutely. We're going to be here, whether you like it or not. It's a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, good night. Good night.